As I said at the beginning, uh, I will repeat myself. Uh, it is a privilege to be here. And uh, if you'd have met me as a young person, this would be the last place, not here, physically you people, by the way. Let me, let me finish that sentence. Yeah. Wow. Wow. To dig a hole quickly. Um, I never thought I would go to church. I had no interest um, in the Bible. Um, had no interest in God. Had no interest in the church. And uh, my life went the wrong way very quickly. I'm originally from Thetford. Please don't judge me on that. Uh, and that's where I grew up. And yeah, I was more accustomed to, to going down to Mr. Chips and watching fights. That was kind of my, uh, that's what I enjoyed. And um, thankfully, God had other plans because I can honestly say without being overly dramatic, if it wasn't for God, I'd either be in prison or I'd be dead. And... Um, they really were the way I was going in my life, and uh, young people can go all sorts of ways, and my life was just sadly caught up in a lot of things that could have gone terrible, but Jesus changed my life, and uh, that's why I count it a privilege to worship with, with people who I've maybe just met, because it's always a good reminder that if you've been a Christian for any length of time, not just to take anything for granted, so when Nam's sharing about you know, kind of all the things that's going on with COVID, we realize we're in strange times. Yeah, did anybody foresee that we'd be wearing masks in church? Um, you know, you used to go in petrol stations and you used to be told to remove masks. Now you're told to put them on. Uh, we've changed so much. and uh, But the good thing is it's not a muzzle. Yeah? We're just going through this. But our faith remains the same. Prayer remains as strong. It's not weakened. It's not dampened down. And prayer really does change things. And... Uh, I'm thankful for my wife and daughters. Um, we're all A's, so just call us any, any name beginning with A and you're going to be close. Um, and just really thankful for that. We, we do life together. We do Christianity together. We don't just do church. We do Christianity. And that's the difference. That God wants to be part of our every day, the good and the bad and the ugly. Not just how we act on a Sunday, but in every part of our life. And I'm sure you're there, so I'm just here to encourage that. Just keep living that. And uh, we serve a local church uh, in Swatham. Uh, my, my role's just changed this week. I, well, I had been there 22 years. Uh, I should have been there for one year. And um, that outlasted itself. And uh, started serving young people, uh, going into high schools, doing assemblies, detached work, and things like that. And gradually sort of grew into different areas of the life of the church, learned how to play, play guitar. Uh, before that, all I could do was DJ, but the church wasn't interested in that. Uh, not really that kind of worship's caught on yet. Um, so, really live for two things, and that's to know God and to make Him known. You know, I, I don't by any means say that I know everything about God or everything about faith, but I know enough to know that it changes life. But I believe there's so much more to knowing God that we've yet to tap into, and that takes all of us. See, what I like about you being around tables is I'd quite happily shut up and let you talk um, in the sense of there needs to be discussion. See, I can preach at you and with you for the next 20 minutes, but I really don't know anything about you. But God does. But when you open up in discussion, you can actually bounce off one another. Well, this is how I'm feeling. with, And God has answers. That's what I want to say is that wherever you're at in life, God really does have answers. So whatever you're going through, 
You know, if you're praising God, if you're thanking God for each day, then God's with you in those times. If you're going through a struggle, God's there. He's our answer. So our, our aim is to know God and to make him known. Personally, because of my, the where I have perhaps been, and uh, when Amy, who is my wife, when we were just going out together, we'd often have conversations where, because of the nature of my background, I'd often be invited to different church and youth groups to share my testimony, as you know, were it some kind of token or whatever. And Amy would often say, I wish I had a story like yours, whereas my feeling was, I wish I had a story like yours, where Amy was brought up in church, relatively kept away from a lot of trouble. Listen, I did things and was part of things that caused me to have significant things that hurt me. And I had to go through, through that trauma in the sense of a young person. So never think that you have, you don't have to go through a whole lot of trouble just to have a good testimony. Don't go and rob a bank this week just to say that, oh, well, God brought me through it. That's a really extreme example. Don't kick somebody in the shin or pull down somebody's mask. Don't do something confrontational just to have a good story. Jesus changes our lives. If God kept you all through your life, then that's an incredible testimony. Yeah? Please tell me you're there. Anybody disagree? Because then we'll, we'll expand that point. You don't have to get into mess to know that God actually cares for you and wants to change your life. Uh, so how did we get here? We, well, we drove here, but we, we, would, we were doing a... We've been going around a number of towns um, in 2021 with a thing called... We just called it Pop-Up Church, where we do open-air work, we play songs, we have testimonies, readings, different things that, that go on. But the point is that, you know, this is a fantastic building... But I imagine that you don't want to be hidden here forever, do you? It's a means to an end. So, yeah, thank God for it. and Thank God for you here. But the gospel needs to go out beyond the walls. And so we, we came over to Downer Market and we was by the clock uh, in the middle of the town. And I can honestly tell you we had a reaction to the gospel unlike any other towns that we've been to in Norfolk. A real positive People coming up to us, the first one we, we, we did in Downer Market was new for us because it was in the pouring rain. Normally, if we were doing an outreach outdoors, any sign of wind, rain, snow, we'd be very British and cancel it. But we decided, no, let's go. Let's make a commitment. And we had a young guy who was in his 30s who, who stood with us as we were setting up and just wanted to know about the gospel and why we were doing it. That's unusual. I don't know if you've done anything like that, but do, do you have people come up to you regularly if they know you're a Christian and want to know what the Bible means, why you're a Christian, where is God? It's quite unusual for people to open questions, especially if they've only just met you. So we knew there was something different about Down and Market, and we were praying as a family. It was like, God, what, what do you want us to do? And... We're not cavalier enough to think, right, let's just go and plant a church, because I think that's why we've got so much mess in our nation. If in doubt, just go and start a new church. I hope that doesn't offend anyone. <laughs> but that's what's the problem with Christianity. It's so broken and fragmented. Do you know how many denominations there are in the world today? Over 40,000. Over 40,000 Christian denominations. In Islam, 
Do you know how many denominations or kind of sects they have? A handful. Do you know which is advancing quicker? Well, Islam. Because they're a little bit more collective about it. In the days we're living in, and I'd encourage you, and um, so this is the only second time I've been here, met with the leaders, uh, visionary leaders, however you want to be called, uh, people. I met with some people here uh, at the Christmas fair. Bought a wonderful photograph of a kingfisher that's up in our up in our kitchen, and um, and uh, so this is we had a connection and said so thank you for having you know you might not have had a say in that but thank you for trusting somebody to come in and lead you in worship and and speak here because you know that's quite rare you know a lot of churches have become fortresses fortresses and castles. The drawbridge is up and nobody's coming in, nobody's getting out. <laughs> it's quite bleak. But we're supposed to be drawbridge down. And sometimes actually that makes you vulnerable. Because if you do that personally, you, you allow things to come in. And that's really what Jesus is. See, the, the Christian life isn't about being free from attack or free from harm. Actually, it's just that God will bring you through it. We perhaps all know Psalm 23, yeah? Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil. I'd encourage you, you know, if, if fear is evident in your life, don't let it be your boss. Yeah? It doesn't have to be. Right, shall we read something from the Bible so you know that I'm not just going to talk? Uh, we've got, we're going to look at Matthew. Is it possible to get verse 13 as well? Is that going to mess with your system? So Matthew 5, I'm going to read from verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. I imagine that if you're a Christian here, you've heard those words, perhaps heard those words preached, studied them, prayed them multiple times. So I'm not going to be saying anything new, but I do want to revisit something just as a way of encouragement because we need to understand these words even more so with the way that our society is changing. When, like I said, we, I don't know if you've been to Discover Down a Market, uh, down one of the streets in Down a Market, funnily enough. Um, we went there and uh, we, we just kind of wanted to find out about the town. And you may know this, what Down a Market means, what the original meaning of that was, settlement on a hill. I quite like that. Certainly when it lines up with this. And prophetically, I, I believe that God wants to just say to you as a church that you're not to be hidden. Yeah? Down a market isn't to be hidden, and we'll go into that a little bit more. You wouldn't build a city on a hill if you were afraid of being seen, would you? You don't build a stage if you don't want to be, you know, kind of seen. But yeah. There's no trap door here or anything. I just had a look, yeah. You build things for a purpose. Yeah, this is for a practical thing. 
So, you know, certainly the PAE people, they can see over their heads and they can actually see what's going on. And if things are going terribly wrong, then everybody can turn around and look that way rather than this way. Um, You do things for a purpose. And the whole idea of a city on a hill is not going to be hidden. Now, you could go into the whole practicalities of it being, you know, kind of good for defensive abilities. They can see the enemy coming. You could go all down that. And I'll say again, I believe that, you know, as Christ followers, you are light in this community. And there's light to be shone in down a market. The settlement on a hill. And as I perhaps mentioned earlier, you know, society is changing rapidly. Uh, The place church has within society is changing too. I did perhaps not finish the sentence earlier. So 22 years I was serving the church uh, full time. Uh, this week on Monday I started work for Queen Elizabeth Hospital, uh, now a full-time chaplain there and uh, absolutely love my first week and uh, looking forward to, to where that goes because a little bit of a personal thing, I could preach every Sunday if, if that was what was necessary but I realise this, not everybody's flocking to the church. In fact, a lot of people are asking questions of the church, like what good does it have in our generation? If you you follow the BBC, well, God bless you if you do, because they depress me. Um, And I still have the app on my phone, so I haven't deleted it, so I'm I'm not that kind of detached from them. I go on the BBC app, and I follow the latest news, and often when I'm ever seeing anything or hearing anything about the church, it's always negative. During the pandemic, there was a little bit of a glimmer where, where churches were going out and doing food banks and distributing different things. Uh, in the Grenfell Tower incident, there was a little bit of news that was publicized about the church doing some good there. But it's very rare that you hear anything good. Of all the good that churches do, of all that's you know, been invested here as a building for a purpose. Because you actually want to have a place that is welcome for people to come. And that's never broadcast and so not even mega churches so there's perhaps one in in Norfolk Soul Church that whether you'd classify that as a mega church or not but they have a catchment that's kind of county wide but even them as a church they're not getting everybody in in Norwich or Norfolk flood to their building where am I going this this is very depressing Andrew what are you saying to us (laughs) please give us some hope well the hope is this that that the light wasn't just meant to be in a room, it was meant to be out in the world. Do you believe that? Are you doing that? A light in the darkness. And uh, I remember growing up that, and I've now kind of transitioned into that that role as, as a father. As a boy, I'd often kind of be upstairs in my room and I'd be called down for dinner and leave my light on. Run downstairs. My dad would go upstairs. Who's left the light on? Why can't you turn it off? To words to those effect. Nobody's there, so it's doing nothing. Apart from building up our electricity bill. Now that's a topic, isn't it? I had to just look at... Yeah, no, I won't go there. It runs up, and now I'm like that. It's like, do we seriously need a big light on and a lamp and the LEDs? That's a little bit too much. You know, when we're here, if we take these words kind of literal, every single one of you is a light. 
And that's great because when we come together, there should be a real community about what we do. When we worship, we worship together. When we pray, we pray together. When we hear God's word, we hear it together. If it's a difficult time, it's difficult for us all together. If we mourn, we should all mourn. If we rejoice, we should all rejoice. This is meant to be collective, not just individual. And, you know, there's, for us as a church, we're, we're trying to break some molds and mindsets where, where faith is just purely individualistic. Where is God meeting my needs? Well, the church was meant to be plural. Oh, that's a different sermon for a different time. Our light is not primarily to boost Sunday attendance, but yes, we would love to see more gather with us. Our light isn't just for each other. Otherwise, light just goes unseen. Our light is to change the darkness around us. So where is that? You know, it's kind of, you have to then take these kind of pictures and think, well, I know some really nice people, but they're not Christians. So what is it? They're dark or they're hopeless I think it doesn't have to be so black and white. Jesus went around doing good to all. The only people he really had a problem with was with the religious, and we all know that. And I often look at those texts and I think, God, I don't want to be religious that I block what your real work is. Yeah? The point is that we are here to make a difference. Be lights in the world. So it's in families, in work, in the area you live, you let your light shine. Wherever you find yourself, just let your light shine. And I honestly know that God changed my life where I could have quite easily gone from a point in my life where growing up, my conscience was quite dampened down. It was quite blunt or however you want. It was contained. My conscience it was seared broken but I thank God that he actually gave me a conscience that we should have empathy love joy peace kindness long-suffering self-control brotherhood sisterhood doing life together I remember when I was uh, living and working in Swatham I made it my aim walking to the church each day that I'd say hello to every person I met and the reactions are amazing. It was like I'd sworn at people or called them the worst name under the sun. And all I said was hello. I don't know if it was because I wasn't wearing a mask or what. But try it. Try it this week. Say hello to somebody in your household or somebody in the church. Then go even further in your workplace. What has happened to our society that actually we, we don't even want to do life together anymore. We really need to pray that God will break down some of these barriers in life where you can just go around not really caring about the person. And what does that take? I can't do that in my own strength because I have things to do and I have weaknesses in my character. So I have to say, Lord, would you help me become more like you? Help me to be light. We've been living in Pentley for the last year, and uh, it's quite incredible. When it's dark, it's dark. There's no street lights. We're, we're gone to rural extreme. And uh, early on, we had a power cut. And uh, our girls thought it was amazing. I was only thinking about our freezer. And uh, 
But I remember growing up, I, d- I don't know about you, but I, power cuts used to see, be so common when I was growing up. Perhaps it's where I lived. But we used to, you know, all the lights would go out and it's quite easy now to have a power cut because if you've got a smartphone, you just turn on a torch. You've got things basically in your pocket. Whereas growing up, you'd, I remember my dad or my mum, they'd be stumbling around in the dark trying to find the drawer in the kitchen where they had matches and candles. Like an emergency drawer, scrambling for the light. And when you light that, you know, it's quite a powerful thing that darkness can invade a space so quickly. If we think Christianity, the sum total of Christianity is where we gather on a Sunday, we're falling a little bit short of what it means to be Christian. The world that we live in is gradually more and more pushing Christianity out. When I was a youth worker for the church, we'd go into schools, do detached work, do assemblies, uh, so literally walk around the whole campus of the school, uh, do lessons, assemblies, anger management, you name it, we would be in there and able to do it, pastoral care, all sorts of things. Gradually it became less and less. If you go on secularist.org, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone, But just as you might have a vision campaign or you might say, look, this is where we want to be in a year. This is where we want to be in five years or this is where we'd love to just be in next week. Uh, Things that you have targets for where there's a whole organization with money being plowed into it that wants to do away with Christianity across all schools and workplaces. If you're not aware of that, that's, I'm quite comfortable with, with these things because I realize this, that whilst it might be squashed out of a school, it can't be squashed out of me. And that's the same for you. Restriction. So we as a charity in, in Swatham, there could be a point in time where our charity status may be exempt or may kind of be, not exempt, it may be up for questioning if we have certain Christian beliefs that don't sit right with where we are as a nation. Our nation is changing fast. So the point is this, to be salt and life, if the the light isn't in the darkness, if the salt loses its saltiness, then it's pointless. So this transition that I went personally and as a family, I knew that I had to be in a place where there is desperate need. But I believe this, that there is light to be shone in a dark place. When somebody's going through pain, there is somebody who can be with them, thank God for all the medical stuff, but pastorally for their well-being, for their spiritual health, somebody can be with them for a moment and, and just bring some hope and pray there'll be some relief. Wherever you go, be salt and light. So in this place where we are, it, all it takes is a Christian to make a difference and I would love to encourage you that it's good to let your light shine. We could go up to the whole thing about salt, and, but I'll draw to a close. Um, I don't know how you, you, even salt on the news has changed, doesn't it? My, my nan lived to 94. I remember as if it was yesterday. She had a, a roast dinner, her little salt cellar, and she was going like this. I was like, nan, seriously, are you going to stop at any point in time? I was like, that's so much salt. That's ridiculous. That's what she liked. Didn't do her any harm. 
Now, medical-wise, I'm not going to go down that. No, you can answer that one. But salt is not just to be meant for one part. It's meant to be distributed across the whole. So you are the salt of the earth. So wherever you go, as couples, as families, as, as individual people, go and be salt. Go and be light. Be seasoning, preserve, even clear ice, so even places that are cold, you can make a difference. Yeah, I could say more, but I won't. But I'd, I'd ask you as one last thing, go and look into what the kingdom means. Go and look at what the kingdom of God means. In Acts 1, a resurrected Jesus, now get this, Jesus had died, Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, wouldn't you listen to somebody like that? I think I would. If I'd seen somebody risen from the dead, I think I'd give them my, my attention. Forty days Jesus spent teaching on the kingdom. Why? What does it mean? You're a carrier of the kingdom. I'd encourage you in every single way, whatever age you are, go and be his ambassador. Go and be salt and light for him in whatever way you're capable of doing. But believe this, God wants to make a difference through your life. Even if it's for one person, that's enough. Thank you for listening and uh, amen.